Hello and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime. This week we're going to be discussing MGM again. If you haven't listened to my initial MGM episode, I would recommend doing so. However, I'm still going to be covering all the main points here. We're also going to be discussing another casino chain, Caesars, that was hit by ransomware at the same time as MGM, and compare the responses to the attacks. The reason we're doing this now, and not when the MGM attack happened, is because recently MGM Resorts revealed the cost of their cyber attack. Last month, if you're unaware, MGM Resorts was hit by ransomware that affected not only the internal IT systems, but also gaming machines, which are supposed to be extremely separate from any other networks to discourage cheating, as well as the parking gate, some restaurant payment systems, and reportedly even doors accessed via smart cards to guests' hotel rooms. MGM did what is commonly advised to do and refused to pay the ransom. The ransomware group said that MGM wasn't even giving them the time of day, refusing to even negotiate or say anything to them. Well, reportedly, that attack ended up costing them a whopping $100 million, but money isn't necessarily the full picture, I'll explain that later. That $100 million only represented a loss in earnings related to the attack. There was an additional loss of about $10 million in expenses related to risk remediation, legal fees, third-party advisory on the situation, and actually triggering those incident response measures. MGM expects to be fully covered by cyber insurance, and says they don't anticipate this being a big effect on their annual ratings, although we'll have to wait and see about that part. But like I said, losing money is not the end of MGM's concerns. Not only is a widely publicized ransomware attack generally pretty bad for your reputation, which can of course lead to customers going with another competitor instead of you, but personal information of many customers were stolen. MGM sent out a notice of data breach and is also notifying customers by email more specifically. They didn't say how many people specifically were impacted by the breach, it could be millions, it could be hundreds of thousands, just thousands, or even just hundreds. And not every customer had the same data stolen, but full names, phone numbers, emails, physical addresses, gender, date of birth, and driver's license information were all accessed by the attackers. MGM also specified that a limited number of social security numbers and passport numbers were also accessed, although we don't know how limited since they did not specify and will presumably just be emailing those impacted. But what about Caesars? Why haven't we heard much about them in the news? Well, their case was a lot more confined. Caesars customer-facing operations were fully available, including gaming systems, and the attack was mostly segregated to internal IT systems. I will note that hackers also made off with some data at Caesars too, Although rather than the pool being all of their potential customers, it was just members of their loyalty program. However, that data does potentially include driver's license numbers or social security numbers for a lot of those members. In both MGM and Caesar's case, no bank account information was accessed, so that does kind of lessen the chances of financial fraud, although since social security numbers were stolen, identity theft is possible and very likely for many of these customers. The main difference people have been focusing on, though, is this. Caesars paid the ransom, while MGM did not. The hackers demanded a $30 million ransom payment from Caesars, although this was negotiated down to $15 million and paid out to the attackers. 
Caesars also said something that I think was very responsible, yet pretty uncommon for most victims of data breaches to say. We have taken steps to ensure the stolen data was deleted by the unauthorized actor, although we cannot guarantee this result. Which is completely true. Hackers can pinky promise to delete your data and send you evidence of this, but you can't prove they didn't already make a separate copy to leak later. Although, it's often tempting to reassure your customers that your data is safe. There is simply just no guarantee of that when it comes to data theft in a ransomware incident. Although you can make an educated guess if you know the threat actor based on their history. If they haven't leaked any data before, or other people they've breached haven't had their data leaked in relation to the attacks, it may be safe to say it's probably gone for good. After all, if attackers don't keep their word and news of that spreads, well, people aren't going to be as keen on paying them $15 million next time. Anyways, after the ransom was paid, Caesars mostly just fell out of the news cycle while MGM remained, still having IT issues for a good amount of time with a response that was ultimately a lot more expensive than Caesars' ransom. Although this is a case of two casinos getting similar ransomware, it may be tempting to compare them, but it's really not a great one-to-one -one comparison. MGM had a lot more problems to deal with than Caesars since the ransomware went beyond internal IT systems and was extended to gaming systems and some customer-facing portals. So why did this happen with MGM and not with Caesars? It's likely that MGM wasn't properly segmenting systems. Or maybe an administrator who was able to access segmented systems through a special machine was compromised. We just don't really know. It's natural that repairing the situation will have a much bigger response if the scope is larger than that of Caesar's. And due to not paying the ransom, things were broken for a lot longer than Caesar's. Presumably when Caesar's paid the ransom, the hackers gave them a decryption key to basically fix all their systems. It would decrypt them and they could access everything again and all was good. On the other hand, MGM was working with machines that they could not decrypt. So it wouldn't just disappear overnight. They likely had to re-image a bunch of machines, restore from backups, and that kind of stuff takes a lot of time. Especially if you may be underprepared for a ransomware situation. So why didn't they pay? Wouldn't that just make it easier? Well, paying a ransom is encouraging the attackers. If they know they'll get money out of it, they may attack you in the future, or other ransomware groups will. And if no one pays up, ransomware groups don't really have a lucrative business. So why then did Caesars decide to pay? Wouldn't that just throw up a sign that Caesars is a target that can be bought out by other hackers? On the other hand, a cyber attack can be very difficult and very time-consuming to recover from, like we saw with MGM. As I mentioned, you need to re-image and rebuild a lot of machines, and if you don't have a very good system of backup data, you may lose or corrupt a lot of your data, and then you can't get it back at all. Not to mention, if it in any way begins to affect your daily business operations, you will begin to lose money anyways. Casinos make a ton of money every day by operating their gaming systems and serving customers. That is why MGM lost so much money from the situation. Not paying at all can be incredibly expensive and time-consuming, sometimes even more so than just paying the ransom, even if it may not seem that way at first. We don't know exactly why Caesars decided to pay, but they may have known something about their own internal environment that made that the better option, 
than trying to re-image everything. Both casinos recovered with varying results, and both had reasons to act in the ways they did. No one was necessarily wrong, because ransomware is complicated. If MGM had paid and Caesars did not, this could have been a very different situation. It's interesting to think about. So, let me know what you think. I'd like to thank Bleeping Computer, CSO Online, TechCrunch, Wired, and Forbes for information on both of these data breaches and ransomware incidents. Although it's not a perfect one-to-one, -one, comparing the cases is still very interesting and can leave a lot of questions. And of course, thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, and until next time, stay secure.